Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, peace be with you. Welcome this morning. I'm going to get right into this because uh, it was a long one last week, and I am intent on making it a shorter one this week. So our announcements are uh, in, your, in your bulletins. We have a chance to have some fun here. If you look at the white uh, bulletin here in a, in a, um, a comedian. Uh, so you are invited if this is something that you would like to uh, take a look at. It's happening on October 18th at 7, and um, there you go. So uh, this is, I, I didn't know this was happening, but I, this has kind of got my attention. How about you, Teresa? You, well, here you go. Is there food? Well, you can make sure there's food. So come, come. <laughs> I'll bring a snack. <laughs> so come one, come all. Um, yes, ma'am. Correct. Okay. So this is at the theater on the white sheet there, which is a different uh, opportunity than the 20th, which is our movie night. And those have been a lot of fun. Who's gone to one of those with uh, this year? It's, 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 it's good fun. Um, we had donated to us some equipment so that we can um, see a movie on a, on a nice large screen. We have it over in the fellowship hall. The sound is good. The last uh, movie we had was I Can Only Imagine. And um, there were a lot of watery eyes after that. It is a chance to fellowship also with uh, some of our sister church their members uh, through victory, and it's it is it's a good time. So I encourage you to to come, and it still will be light then. I think on October, kind of light, light not as dark as so. So please do come, and oh, we need. Can anyone count here? Raise your hand if you can count. Do you know how? To, nobody knows how to count. Yeah, I have to take my shoes off, you know, to count real high, but. But we're looking for, I know, I'm sorry, LaVon. <laughs> uh, we, we really could use some counters. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, the necessities of the church and somebody to come through and, and go through uh, the offerings and to, to put them together correctly and so forth. And we can train you, no doubt, uh, on that. So please consider that. It would be a big help. And... I think the other thing I'd like for us to uh, pay attention to is the church council meeting, which is going to be on October 13th, and we will be discussing uh, some things that are coming up uh, to the end of the year. One of the, uh, the big items that we're going to be discussing is the new roof. We've gotten a, um, a bid, and this is on the last of the metal parts, and I pointed to your direction the mold that we have right up there in the corner and that's a, a, a leak uh, in the flashing of the of the roof that is there and it's time for it to be replaced it'll be replaced with uh, asphalt shingles which are simple and have worked for hundreds of years very well and so we're gonna uh, uh, we've got the bid for that we also have a bid for uh, solar uh, to be able to uh, reduce our uh, monthly bill, which is significant for uh, electricity. And so 
uh, we'll be discussing that, and we welcome you all to come and, and hear and to voice your uh, opinion and comments on it so that we make a, a good decision. Of course, something that is that large would be going before the church as a whole uh, to be voted on. I think that is about it. This morning, um, our opening hymn is All People That On Earth Do Dwell. Let us get up and sing as unto the Lord, page 245. come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth, it is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are 
Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Merciful Father, your patience and loving kindness toward us has no end. Grant that by your Holy Spirit we may always think and do those things that are pleasing in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 4. Genesis 2, 18 through 25. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave animals, uh, gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his mother, father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. We will read Psalm 128 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. The third reading is from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1863. Hebrews 2, 1 through 18. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It is not to angels that he, had, he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. 
In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them, but we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And he said, here I am and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he is tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark chapter 10, verses 2 through 16, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1570. Glory to you, O Lord. St. Mark chapter 10, verses 2 through 16. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you, he replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this, and he answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. 
People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked him. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This morning, my title is Hard Hearts. Hard Hearts. I wonder if if anyone here can remember a time, maybe, in the past or maybe even right now, where your heart was hardened towards somebody or something. And this is a dangerous case to be. Again, this last few weeks, I've been talking about the dangers of rejecting forgiveness of sins, the dangers of rejecting God and his offer of salvation, and the danger of rejecting Jesus, because when we reject Jesus, not only do we reject him, we reject the one who sent him. This is a a thread that weaves through the theme today as well. Where we find ourselves is the Pharisees coming to test him. Some Pharisees came and tested him by saying, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Why would they bring that up? Jesus was as he commonly did when he, he, he would go to the synagogue and he would teach. And he was growing in popularity with the people. And the Pharisees didn't like this. This was bad for business. Who is this man? We've got to stop him. And so when they ask this question, they're not asking really for any other reason than to seek Jesus' death. Well, how could that be? Well, they were coming at it in such a way that they were trying to justify themselves. Jesus is doing this incredible teaching and and just turning everything upside down and shaking it out. That no longer was uh, a priest, a rabbi needed as a go-between God. Jesus came to say, I am. I am your connection to God. And so in their small minds, granted, Jesus is God, right? The word became carnate. Nobody's going to argue with that, correct? So they're arguing with God about what the word of God says. And they bring it all the way to Deuteronomy where where they're they're saying, uh, well, Moses gave us divorce. They were 
tempting Jesus. In this one, they were testing. Tempting, testing, kind of the same thing. In the King James Version, we see tempting. And the Greek word for that is pirazo, pirazo. Mark uses that word tempting twice in his writings. Here and also when Jesus is tempted by Satan. The Pharisees are in pretty dangerous company when they are tempting God, tempting Jesus. They're in the same company as Satan. That's the battle that that goes around us. That's the battle that we have to keep our hearts from hardening. Satan hates you. He hates me. He hates your family, your marriage, everything about you, and he'll do everything that he can to kill it, including twisting, twisting God's word. Jesus counters their question beautifully by saying, what did Moses command you? Uh-oh. So just as Jesus defeated Satan, who used scripture incorrectly, here too, he counters the Pharisees with Moses' words. And they should have known. They should have known this. They should have been subordinate to Moses' command. Moses' commands were not just suggestions, nor were they attempts to manipulate Jesus. They are the word of God, the words of the one whom they are tempting. They don't understand that. And Jesus replies to them, they said, Moses, well, they said to him, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. Why did Moses do that? Because at the time, not unlike today, it was a result of a controversy regarding divorce and what was acceptable grounds for divorce at the time. And it's likely that the Pharisees favored an easy approach to to separate a man where a man could divorce his wife. They were looking for a dis... Well, wait a minute. Some of the reasons that a man could divorce in the time of Moses was just a, a disagreement. Can you imagine that? A poorly cooked meal. Hardened hearts. Hardened hearts. And so they weren't seeking wisdom from Jesus. They were trying to kill him because they were looking for him to provide heresy against what Moses' words were. They were seeking to have Jesus condemned either for being hard-hearted towards the husband or hard-hearted towards the wife. They tried this again. If you remember John 11, 8, 1 through 11, the woman caught in adultery. How many people does it take to commit adultery? Two, right? We never hear about where the man was. Hardened hearts. Hardened hearts. They were trying to trap 
Jesus then to and kill him. They were, well, disqualified, weren't they? We know the story. Jesus knelt down, started writing things in the dirt. I'd like to imagine what it was. I, I hope it was their name and their offense. It, it might have been. Hard hearts. Jesus goes on to say in, in, in verse 5, it was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. Jesus replied, but at the beginning of creation, God made. God made them male and female. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Hard hearts. Hard hearts are the root of this discussion. Hard hearts are the root of disobedience towards God's word. Hard hearts kept them from seeing that they were engaging the one whom God of all creation had sent to reconcile the lost unto himself. They weren't thinking forward. They were thinking now. He's bad for business. He's, he's, he's drawing a crowd. How can that be? They wanted a divorce from Jesus. Their hard heart wanted something other than that, what God had sent. The Pharisees were self-justified by quoting Deuteronomy 24.1, the laws concerning divorce. And this is what it says. When a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, and she departs out of his house. That's pretty easy divorce. And they're quoting Moses' words there. However, the distortion here is Moses allowed. Moses allowed. And God made. Genesis 1 and Genesis 2.18. It is not good for the man to be alone. We heard that this morning. I will make a helper for him. And so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took on, took one of the man's ribs and closed up the flesh, the place with flesh. The Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. I wonder if Moses said, Woohoo! <laughs> Thanks, Dad. He should have. We all should. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this, and he answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man. She commits adultery. Now here's the deal. The heart of the matter in a divorce is a matter of the heart. It's not. This is not. Scripture here or 
this proclamation is not marriage advice for two heathens that are joined in marriage. This is an illustration of heathens wanting to follow their hard hearts. It's not just divorce. This is an illustration of a people that are beloved and they want to satisfy their own stomachs. Manna again? I want meat. God made the manna and gave it to man. And man murmured, not good enough. My heart, I want something else. The flesh wants to satisfy the flesh. The flesh wants to disregard what God has made. The flesh wants to divorce himself from what God has commanded. Again, I say, it is appointed for a man to take a wife and leave his parents and cleave to his wife. Cleave to become one. Now, Christ left his father for a time, right? He left his father to gather his bride, the church. And he ultimately gave his life for his bride. His own life, his own sinless life to reconcile his bride, to wash her clean and make her white as snow, pure, redeemed. This is what we're learning and what we're hearing and how this is applied to us in life. We're hearing that the bride, you, me, all men who have sinned, if we say we're without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. We have been a disobedient bride. We see it time and time again with Moses and the people grumbling Worshipping idols. The groom wasn't enough. God wasn't enough. They had hardened hearts. They wanted to divorce God. And so he's not going to make you stay, does he? He's not going to drag any of us into heaven, is he? He does not evangelize with the tip of the sword. However, Over and over again, he pursues his unfaithful bride. He pursues her. As a bride, this bride, the church, has been adulterous, disobedient, rebellious, taking out others through seduction and temptation through words of Scripture twisted, sweet subduction. Just like the serpent in the garden. Did God really tell you you would die? He just doesn't want you to be like me. And the hard heart says, you know what, that's right. 
I want to eat. I want to do what I'm not supposed to do. There's got to be a reason for it, and he doesn't want me to have any fun. God does not encourage divorce. This is not an encouragement. He despises it. Divorce, separating. He doesn't want his people to be separated from him. He doesn't want us to be separated from each other, whether we're married or not. He wants us together holding hands. He wants us together in the church. Never failing to come together in his name. Never failing to come together to eat of his body and his blood. Never forsaking each other, but loving each other, supporting each other, forgiving each other, pursuing those who are lost. He pleads over and over again with his rebellious bride, come back, be reconciled, be forgiven, be made new. The time for his bride, the time for his bride is now, to come back now, to be restored now, this moment. Now the groom meets those in baptism. The groom washes them clean. The groom makes them new. The groom gives them a gift of the Holy Spirit. The most beautiful marriage gift that you can get. God in us. The groom will meet us today at this table saying, come, be clean, be nourished with my blood and my body. Come, be made new again. The groom says, I forgive you. I don't care what you've done. I want you to be with me always. That's not something that the flesh and the man can do without God. So the question is this. Will the bride RSVP with her attendance? Will the bride come to the table? Our groom has prepared the feast in advance for you and for me. The table is set. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, Lord, who is conceived of God, Holy For the people who are holy to the Lord, and for all people according to their needs, let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for all pastors in Christ, for Pastor Ken, and for all servants of the Church, and for all the people. Lord, in your mercy hear our prayer. Let us pray for the preservation of marriage, that God would defend husbands and wives from every assault of the enemy, strengthen them in their faithfulness and loving service to one another, and grant them joy in the gift of children according to his will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for grace, that the church may always welcome little ones with joy, that nothing would hinder them from being brought to the Savior and blessed by being placed in his loving arms. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for Donald, president of our country, for Jerry, our governor, for all public servants, and for the government and those who protect us, that they may be strengthened and upheld in every good deed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for those who bring offerings, those who do good works in this congregation, those who toil, those who sing, and all the people here present who await from the Lord great and abundant mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for grace to partake faithfully in the body and blood of Christ with repentant hearts and a firm resolution to amend our sinful lives by his Spirit's aid. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the sick and those in need, that they know that nothing shall separate them from the love of God in Christ Jesus, and that they know the peace of his presence in the midst of their trials. Lord, we especially pray for those whose names we hold in our heart, and now say to you silently or aloud. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the faithful who have gone before us and now rest in Christ. Let us give thanks to the Lord and ask him to bring us with them to the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Please stand. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord. Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, 
he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it and giving it to his disciples, he said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread, and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ and him crucified and his resurrection and his triumphant coming again. Now let us together pray the perfect prayer that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ taught to us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Here at Reformation Lutheran Church, we do practice open communion. That means that anyone who confesses Jesus as their Lord and Savior may come to this table that was prepared for his bride. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Will you please rise? What love the Father has for us to pursue us, all who have gone astray, to love us even though we haven't loved him. What love that Father has. Don't forget it. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is, How Great is Our God.